Okay. Bruce, uh, let's everybody do a mic check for it. Mic check. Mic, mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Check. All right, let's do this. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me today is Will. Hey, everybody. Bruce. Don't pick people up at family reunions. And John. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yes, we are in the middle of our part three series of several three years of the podcast, and we decided, I, I was like, okay, we need to cover some, we've done some traditional part threes, then we got to call one of the most uh, complicated part threes of all time, that's right, we're covering from 1990 from director Francis Ford Coppola, The Godfather, part two, or, depending on which version you see, Coda, Godfather, The Death of Michael Corleone, which is what's is basically the only thing you can watch right now. Spoiler I, alert, he doesn't actually die. Right, yeah. I, I was just going to say, uh, false advertising, at no point does Michael Corleone die. No, he dies at the very end, man. He does no, not. He does no, not. he does not. He dies in the original cut. Oh, okay. That... Yeah, that's the thing. So, the oh, that part's not in? Title, I mean, he's supposed to die. Is they actually cut the actual death out? Yeah, yes. He Oh, that's funny. I didn't, yeah. Okay, spoiler, I didn't get to finish this. So um, it was just too much of my life. Uh, and I didn't, so I haven't seen the very end. But okay, we, so I own the box died. set. So this is why I, I, like, my wife got it for me one of my first birthday, like, a birthday present years and years. So I've had it on DVD since like 2002. It's, you know, it's a great oh. box set. It's Godfather and Godfather 2 are pristine. And I rarely, I, I rarely watch Godfather three because it's just it's Godfather three. It just doesn't work. And this you know, well, fun okay. story. Let me give you All my right. history on this movie. So I know of the Godfather and Godfather two. Um, it has a lot of, you know, cultural stickiness. Leave the gun. Uh, take the cannoli. Exactly. A lot. A lot of uh, a lot of meme status, both before they were called memes and afterwards. The Godfather is a pop culture sensation. Everyone knows about the Godfather. Everyone, everyone, everyone. And I've never seen either Godfather or Godfather Two. Please absolve me of my sins, movie master Tom. Absolvo te in nomine patris et fili. I'm about to say that's going to be a few hundred million uh, lire for that. <laughs> Seven hundred million. Oh, six hundred million dollars. Oh God. And so yeah. let me tell you that I had. Very little clue what the fuck was going on. <laughs> like yeah, I could kind of follow some of it, but holy hell, man! They do absolutely zero recap. So yeah, you're you're screwed. Yeah, this is not built for that. I mean, it's it, it, it it's it's full of little Easter eggs back to the other films. It's full of little drops and references and stuff, but um. Yeah. Well, and it's it's essential if you don't know who Fredo is, if you don't know who Sonny is, if you don't know who Vito is, if you so don't know who freaking Tom Hagen is. I figured out who Fredo was. That's uh, Michael's brother, right? One the of angry, the angry one that he had killed. No, that's, no uh, yeah. he had two brothers, Sonny and Fredo. Fredo. Sonny was son. the angry one. Fredo was when he had to have killed because Fredo betrayed him. But he got yeah. Fredo was essentially betrayed because he was or. Uh, He's the, he's the kind of the dumb middle brother. Oh, he's nice well, and dumb. a little bit. Because I kept thinking that uh, Vincent's father was the one he had offed. No, no, oh, Vincent's well, father was was um Sonny. was Sonny, who died in Godfather One, didn't he? Yeah, he got he got killed uh, in retaliation during during the retaliation after Michael killed. Um, you know, uh, Bar you know, basically, it's like that was what also the reason Michael could come back after. He had to go to Italy and hide out for his kills. So it's like the oh, whole thing. Was like, I'll yeah. tell you, I read that movie very differently than everyone else did. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting because basically Michael didn't want to be in the family, and it was okay. only after his so, dad and Sonny were so killed great. that he came back. Yeah, yeah, and so, Vito got shot at the beginning. Let's give Bruce a second to chime in here. But, Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, my mic was being weird. Um, so here's what I got to say about this. Uh, one, 
how did they make this film and no one gets excommunicated? <laughs> Two, what happened to Michael Corleone's barber between two and three? Because, man, he's got bad hair. Yep. And three, really three, how is it that I'm your little cousin, don't you kiss family when you meet them, is like the pickup line they went with here. Like, is that is that is that making a statement? Is that like something they're... Are they calling out incest in the mob? Is that what they're doing? Um, see, this is where it gets more complicated because they're trying to base... Vin Vincent's not in the book. All this is not in the original Godfather book. The first Godfather and Godfather 2 are all in one book. This yes. is all new stuff. So certain characters are based on other characters or based on other mobsters. So this like Joey Zaza, even though uh, he's... Either John Gotti or he might be um, a little bit connected to Paul Vario, which if you know anything about Paul Vario is the one of the main guys is in Goodfellas. And, uh, you know, John Gotti, of course, was Gotti. So it's like the, he's kind of an amalgamation of both of those guys. But then we get Vincent. Vincent's kind of an amalgamation of uh, Tommy DeVito. And I think maybe also Gotti. See, like I said, it's really confusing when we're dealing with the time frame because, like, 1979 was a bad year for the mob. This is like <laughs> Donnie Brasco era. This is like they're all having, you know, they're all in the middle of like turf wars and it's getting uh, bad and the FBI is really getting close on them. Okay. But, like, this movie writes a bunch of checks that I am surprised no one has called in. Like, for real. Like some of the murders are things that actually happened around the whole Vatican. Like, and there's there's real like, how did they do this and nobody gets sued? Well, the Catholic Church isn't Scientology. They don't make a habit of going out and suing. They just they just go meh. And the best thing to do is drop you down the memory hole. We'll still be here two thousand years later. Yeah, that, you're thinking of the Catholic Defamation League. They did actually complain about this movie. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no, like, so the, the Vatican, the Vatican, the well, Vatican yeah, doesn't John comment Paul, on stuff like this. This is, I mean, remember, this is John Paul the First there putting all the shit on. John Paul the Second, he was too busy not from talking about this movie. Okay, I mean, there is absolutely the. Um, so there's a lot of Catholic in this movie. Like, yes. like, hey, they're wearing all the hats. And those are the right hats. Like, you know, all the all the priests robes and things were correct. As far as I could tell, um, apostate that I am. Uh, all the all the like traditions. I mean, I've been to Italian weddings, <laughs> you know, I was That's briefly baffled. Because I thought the head of the bank was a cardinal, and in fact, he was an archbishop. And so, excellency is the appropriate title and not eminence. So, they did get that right. Yes, they did. I was like, yep, he's an archbishop. Um, because a, a cardinal would probably never be in charge of a bank. Um, I So, again, <laughs> the basic story that I got out of this was old mob man tries to go legit keeps getting scammed by the church and others eventually eventually uh look upon my works ye mighty and despair and you know that was what i got out of it well that's a that's uh, we're moving awful quick there but yeah essentially well this <laughs> do, movie do not hook up with your cousin at a party yeah, you well, you know you can cut that entire side plot out and it doesn't actually change the main story well, that, that plot's minor, minorly important in that it's talking about, you know, how he's dealing, how, um, how Frida, or not Frida, son, God, I've lost his name. Vincent. No, Vincent. no, dad, Funny, Michael. Son. How Michael Funny. is dealing with his daughter. It, it, there's, there's all this weird dichotomy of trying to be legitimate and trying to stay Keep out. It. Like his, his son tries to not be in the mafia just like he did. And then, hit, but but no, he wants his son to be a lawyer instead of an opera singer. And I, you know, I can I can feel for him. If my kids came and told me they wanted to be a professional opera singer, I might have reservations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that actually seemed pretty believable. Um, 
that the son wants to forge his own path that's very different. And the dad's like, but be a lawyer because you need a backup. And I can sympathize with that uh, as, as a parent of a daughter who wants to be a paleontologist. I'm like, have you considered nursing or, or <laughs> being a doctor? You know? <laughs> Why don't you go be a lawyer and see how the paleontology yeah. things work? He also wants to be a YouTuber and also a uh, veterinarian. So, you know, there's a lot going on. My son, right? Yeah. He's 10 now, John. My son has been wanting to be a YouTuber for like four years, although he also wants to be a craftsman. So I don't know. If, I don't know if he's like a, he can be the YouTubing plumber, but we're getting off track here. Yeah, so I, to say this movie goes on for 8 million years and we need, and we need Vincent, you know, cousin, cousin screwing or not, because he's the one that talks that, that gets the end to all of the mob business in New York. Was I mean, Zaza- yeah, but his whole like subplot could just be that first scene where he comes in and bites Zaza's ear. And then Michael takes him under his wing and is like, don't fuck up. Here's how not to fuck up. You know, the romance with the, the, the daughter you didn't need. The only thing it serves is it is the price that Michael Corleone extracts for uh, passing the torch. Right. Well, and it makes it you more poignant. Done something else. <laughs> and it makes it more poignant. Spoiler alert at the end when Mary dies. I mean, a little bit. Uh, I think you could have just as easily just had her in the background. This is my daughter. You see how he dotes on her. You see how she, she gets what she wants. You know, she's clearly the favored child, the, the precious daughter who needs to be kept away from all the bad stuff. And I mean, I don't know. I I didn't hate it because at least she did stuff, but she still felt sort of superfluous anyway. And I'm like, if you're going to make her superfluous through action, you might as well just not have those parts of the story because you get the point. Um, Yeah, see, if you've seen Godfather 2, even though they're barely in it, both those kids are like have direct connections to stuff like specifically Volvo Fred. Like, the reason his son really wants to stay out of all this is like he was like Fredo, his uncle, was like his like kind of like his closest like uh mentor. And like, the, like, the so at the end, when Fredo gets murdered, like, it's a big, yeah, it's a big hurt for him. And that's kind of a, a big deal. So that's why partially why his relationship with his son is, is really estranged. And then yeah, I mean, they I don't mean, even bring even... up they really don't even really bring up the th- the reason why Michael and Kay got divorced, which is like a big was a big deal in Godfather Two also. So I mean, well that you can kind of infer she didn't like that he was a mob boss, he wouldn't get out of it, so they got divorced. I mean, that was pretty um no, actually, she did something much worse. She was pregnant and had an abortion when she found that he was uh, involved in some uh, when uh, another. She knew she was he was in the mob the whole time, but she uh, got mad about what was going on in over in a deal in Cuba. So she had an abortion, and that's why they got divorced. He was so furious about that. He thought she he, he was told she had a miscarriage. In fact, she said, no, I went and had an abortion. So. Huh. Well, there you, well, yeah, yeah, like, see, this is what happens when you don't see the other movies. Yeah, this film yeah. makes no sense without the other films. Oh yeah, it makes no. sense at a basic level, but like, I was clearly, I clearly felt the entire time I am clearly missing shit. Yes, but yeah. I don't think that me knowing all that would have made the story better. Like, I don't fucking care that why they got divorced. What's important is that he basically comes to realize he still loves her, and. You know, they're getting older and time is passing and maybe we should focus more on the things that are important and leave this life of, of crime behind. And, oh, shit, I got fucking shot. I mean, you know, like these are not complicated stories. I've seen these stories now. I will say this. The acting is very good. The acting yeah. is, is very good. I mean, people were kind of crapping on Sofia Coppola. I thought she was fine. I don't think there was a problem with her performance. I, I could watch, you know... I don't think I, it was great, but it wasn't bad. I could watch Al Pacino just mumble in his sleep and be entertained. I thought yeah. Al Pacino was, was... And you do! And you do in this movie get to see that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, a, it's an homage to Marlon Brando, which you didn't see, playing his dad. I've, I've seen the, the bits. I've seen Mumbly, the bits. mumbles, yeah. Like the pop culture osmosis of the Godfather is enough that I kind of knew about Vito, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is like, 
De Niro plays the main part too in a flashbacks, and he does the same. He actually, I, he he nails like the same cadence and the the you know, the the whisper that Vito has. Pacino uh, partially was because he messed up his voice so much. Like if you ever like if you if you watch movies obviously made in the seventies and you watch post Scarface, his voice got so messed up because of how he kept screaming so much in in Scarface, and he did a lot of fun in the mid 80s that his uh, voice got so gravelly that uh, that's part of the problem also is like he didn't take care of his voice at all. One would think an actor would do better about that. Uh, he had to have all that orange juice. So are we going to actually summarize the movie or just talk about the movie? Uh, well, we'll summarize a little bit about it because like I said, it's unfortunately, like I said, since there are two cuts, it's, you know, the plot line is kind of screwier. Uh, but uh, basically as we're talking, it's the late 70s you know, Michael is basically alone. He still has Connie, his sister, with him. And she's kind of... And Tom Hagen, who is his... Uh, that's uh, Robert Duvall's character, is, is has died off screen because Robert Duvall wanted more money and the studio wouldn't give it to him. So he said, no, I won't do it. So they had to rewrite him out of the movie, which uh, uh, also would explain why they had to make Vincent a little more pervier because he was supposed to be, like, essentially Tom's guy. Like Tom and him, he was supposed to be Tom's protege, and uh, so that's one problem you have with the movie. But uh, so the idea is uh, Vincent, who is Sonny's one of his bastards, because Sonny actually has several bastard kids, but that's one of. Them. In fact, a little fun fact: in Godfather One, you see him, you see uh, James Conn's character ha- sleeping with a woman at uh, one of the weddings. That's supposed to be him getting conceived. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So it's, See, family gatherings are a place to, you know, meet the ones you love or whatever. But yeah, so that is, he's, so Vincent is is the bastard son of Sonny. And if Sonny was supposed to be the one in charge, because Sonny got killed before the transfer was completely taken over, it's really supposed to be Vincent's empire. Like, if you go by the actual order way Don Vito wanted it, Michael wasn't supposed to be in it at all. Fredo, as he said, Fredo was Fredo because Fredo just was not equipped for any of it. Was supposed to not be in it. Michael wound up taking over because Sonny gets killed. They, nobody wants Fredo running things, and you know, Michael had to take over. Uh, but Vincent would have been one of the options in line, and uh, even if he was a bastard, he still would have been directly in line. So that's sort of his issue he's got. Then you got Zoe, Joey Zaza, who's essentially this upstart mobster who's trying to basically take over everything. And it's just, maybe it's just me, but Joey Zaza really looked like Bob Kelso from Scrubs. And so that's kept... quite... Hmm, you know, he does kind of look that way. He sounds a lot like a bunch of people on The Simpsons, too. Well, he is a bunch of people on The Simpsons. I know. I know. <laughs> it's not Tony. Yep. And I also the best part about of... Joey Zaza was his death. I thought that was pretty brilliantly done. I, I, I also like keep confusing him with the Batman vil- villain Victor Zaz, just because of his name. <laughs> uh, fun fact: Victor uh, uh, Zaz, you know that guy actually debuted after this movie. So, in, in <laughs> so somebody, uh, I don't, I'm not sure which you know comic book writer came up like the movie, but that's where. He took that. He admitted he took that from Godfather Three, uh, but oh, yeah. Wait. So there is this ongoing turf war that's kind of slowly brewing. Michael has got himself completely out of all of the mob he claims, but he really hasn't. He's just basically like off on paper, and he's trying to buy himself essentially forgiveness with the Catholic Church because the uh, Catholic Church, uh, the Vatican, has specifically screwed up a bunch of money, and they really want him to help bail them uh, out. That was an interesting thing there. The Archbishop referred to him several times as Don Corleone. And I was wondering, do the does the Catholic Church recognize titles of the mafia? <laughs> because you know, I just They're doing you begging money from them. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and the thing is Michael's like, I'm not, you know, so he, he must he it's his title. He also doesn't you know, he's like, I'm not officially in the thing in, in the commission anymore. But that's once again, it's a it's an Italian thing. It's like I, I have a feeling that's more of a we you know your family inherited quite a lot after your father you know took out some of the worst guys in in Sicily. So that goes back to Godfather Two, where we found out the the worst 
my, one of the worst gangsters in all of Sicily had a vendetta against the uh, against Vito since he was a child, and when he got old enough, he came back and killed the guy. So it's all like I said. If you've seen two, a lot of some of this all makes sense why the Catholic Church likes uh, the Corleones a lot because of what they did to get rid of one of their biggest uh, problems back in the '30s in the old country. Yes, um, and, and like I said, this whole is more complicated, uh, and there's a yeah, Will, you don't even know about the other... You probably didn't get any of the other thing that, you know, Michael had another wife as well. Yeah. She gets referenced several times in this movie, Apollonia. And uh, she was uh, murdered. Uh, he, like, he married her secretly when he was hiding in Sicily. And then she was killed as part of the... We're selling the debt so Michael can come home. And he didn't even... You know, like he, she gets in a car and it blows up. Because... So... It, like she's never talked about like this, she's like the secret of Michael's but he you know it, we see at one point you know his daughter's looking at the photos and finds them in the photo album yeah it's just uh I mean this movie has a lot so there's there's two things there's like um Michael is trying to go legit the Catholic Church is trying to get money from him while he's trying to go legit though he still obviously commands respect and and a place of power in the the organized crime um and you know like the older gentleman uh altabello keeps saying hey we need peace you need to make your peace with these guys you know what's happening yeah this whole movie is about trying to who's there who all wants to backstab yeah and following it all was hard i was actually glad at the end when they're in the lead up to the final like scenes that they gave a little voiceover that told you what everybody was doing, <laughs> you know, because I'm guessing that wasn't there in the original cut. Nope. And it was helpful. Cause I was like, who's this guy eating cookies with a gun? I, I get that he's probably <laughs> important, but who the fuck is he? You know? Oh, okay. He's that he's going to go do that. Uh, I did like the guy stabbing the other guy with the, the glasses. That was pretty fucking imp- impressive. Um, Although that Swiss banker must have been, you know, in an anime because his blood shot out so far. Oh, that's that's arterial that's, spray can be pretty exciting. Well, but like, the guy going over the bridge, like some of these murders are historical murder. Like again, how are they not being sued? Well, who's going to sue? Them? Who who is going to sue them about? The hey, Vatican. You, the Vatican doesn't give a shit. Again, the Vatican does not takes a policy of never commenting. If the Vatican didn't send secret gargoyle police to kill uh, the guy who keeps writing the um, the Dan Brown, who doesn't kill Dan Brown, then okay. what the Fair fuck enough. do you think they're going to do? They're not going. They don't care. They're going to ignore it. And like again, in two thousand years, nobody's going to remember this. <laughs> now and that's will still be here. Bitching about movies in the apocalypse ruins. It'll be great. <laughs> well, why then they'll be carting out the orange Bible. Oh gosh! Oh yeah. Well, did you get the orange references? The orange references. Yeah. Anytime a ca- orange oranges are seen in the movie, uh, in any of the Godfather movies, somebody's about to get killed. It's like that. Don Vito gets shot. He doesn't die. But he gets shot buying oranges. What, like uh, whenever a character is given oranges, it seems to always be right for there's a killing. It's like so. Like in the big, in the big scene where all the commission gets uh, killed. There's a bunch of oranges on the table. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't know. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's like it, honestly, if I was Michael, but like, don't, no oranges ever anywhere. But he, he, <laughs> yeah, oh, he, he got is. orange juice. I mean, does orange juice count? It, it's it's a callback as well. But the point being is like, uh, no, none of the family even re- realizes that oranges are always seem to be the symbol of death because it just they. It's not like it's intentional. It just keeps happening. Someone gets killed because there's a uh, right is where there's oranges in view. It's like some, it's the director does that kind of as a fun, co- you're like, hey, look, there's oranges. Guess what's about to happen? It's, yeah. it's like a, it's MacGuffin that's not a MacGuffin, but the point being is like, uh, Coppola always puts the oranges in a scene, in most scenes where there's about to be a, a massive shooting or somebody's about to important die. Yeah. And a helicopter to take out a whole mob group like that, that was a, that was a thing. Yeah, once again, it's the late 70s, and some of the, the, the families are way more in chaos right now. So 
This is I, like, I honestly thought that the plot line was going to be like, again, I go into this blind. I thought this was going to be the plot line that this is the waning of the Italian organized crime syndicates and that this was the Colombians or the Russians coming in to take over. Nope. Uh, so the first no, Godfather that's the film fourth dealt... movie they didn't make. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the first movie that was the beginning of the uh, evolving all that. I mean, that's actually one of the things that's like fascinating. The whole reason Vito almost gets killed initially is because he doesn't want to get his fa- the mob involved in drug trades, which are uh, so like each film has one of the ongoing things is there's always these new groups get trying to get involved. The second movie, it's uh, all the dealings with uh, Cuba and. Uh, Meyer Lansky and the Italian, I mean, and the, the Jewish side of the mafia. And this time it's now we're dealing with the Catholic Church and essentially these upstarts were trying to take over what the, what was the, the not, you know, the prohibition era mob is completely been, uh, is gone. That's the other thing. Like all these guys who got the power were made off the power off of liquor and bootlegging. That's not a thing anymore. So now it's like, well, how can they handle this other stuff? Yeah, I, what I find is hard here is like, okay, the first movie to me seems like it's culture and family uh, thematically, like it's an exploration. The second movie feels like it's, well, we want to flesh out the family story. We want to give you more of that reference. This movie, I just don't understand what they're trying to do here. Like, what's the goal with this one? Because it's thematically repetitive. It's Michael's already tried to get out like twice, 15 times, um, you know, and the idea that, you know, I'm going to be declaring myself free of sin while murders are happening. Gosh, where'd I see that? Godfather one. Like, what is the goal of this film? I mean, that's the thing. Like this film, it was about what Paramount had spent 10, almost 15 years trying to make a Godfather three. And they finally got, uh, uh, Coppola was so desperate for money, he agreed to do it. That was really what it came down to. This was the uh, quest for Coppola's money. The quest to get out of bankruptcy. Because if you know anything about Coppola, he literally was in like some of the worst financial shapes after uh, three or four big flops in the eighties. Like like Tucker, A Man Is Dream, good movie, cost a lot of money. He put and he basically almost lost his uh, wine and wine business, which by the way is where he's. All of his money is now is hiding to his wine industry. But, um, yeah, so this was basically like he needed money, so he agreed to do it. And Paramount wanted everybody back, so they started throwing money. But uh, quickly, people, several people said no. Like I said, Robert Duvall said no. I don't want to play. I don't want unless you pay me the same amount as Pacino. Pacino got like $6 million. Duvall was being offered $2 million. He wanted the same amount. And uh, although he said he really didn't want to do the movie anyway, he didn't like the script. So... That script got revised after he said no. About Winona Ryder was originally in the movie as um, um, Mary. She was had like a limited window because she was shooting Edward Scissorhands and Mermaids at the, around the same time and got a bad case of pneumonia. At least that's what she said and left after two weeks. Julie Roberts was was the original uh, offered the part, which is okay. So, uh, so finally, when he, had, he he put Sofia Coppola in, it was because he's like, I got nobody else, and I'm already shooting like I'm already like three weeks into filming. So, that's partially why her performance is kind of weak. She wasn't ready at all for that part. So weirdly enough, that that part I don't I, I find the storyline bad, but she seemed kind of plausible to me. I mean, it didn't it didn't reek. I guess like I'd heard so many things about how terrible she was, and I'm like, eh, she fits. I mean, it's how do you make Come kiss your little cousin, a seductive line. She does, she gives it her best shot. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's the problem. It's like people really were harping on her when I think they were like, well, he should have waited and got Winona Ryder back. Winona Ryder couldn't have sold that. It's not out. Like, it's just bad on the page. Like, she didn't do terrible, and she looks like less movie star, which works for the character, you know? Exactly. But once again, this is a. They want. She was the scapegoat initially. They, they thought it's her fault the movie wasn't that good. When in reality, just there were too many things going on. The movie was like over three hours long, and you know it was. And by the way, they 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 released this on Christmas Day, nineteen ninety. <laughs> highest grossing movie to ever release on Christmas Day ever until I think 
God, it was like, it, I think it was like uh, up until like the 2000s. Like this movie like had a streak for the best opening ever on Christmas. I mean, I, I remember I almost, my dad and I almost went to see it, but it was sold out. The the vitriol against Sofia Coppola is was absolutely not warranted in the slightest. I mean, was it a great performance? No, but it wasn't bad. And honestly, she wasn't given much to perform. She has like eight lines and most of them are, I love you, dad. Well, that's yeah. because, uh, they cut some of her out in the in the third in the original cut. She's in it more. Okay, okay. well maybe that's it. But like, does George Hamilton? Think... Yeah, does George I... Hamilton get more lines in the original because I, I think that's really. the most underused George Hamilton that exists. Well, once again, he his character is to replace Tom Hagen. Yeah, I know. And but since they cut, they, uh, well, since it wasn't gonna be Tom Hagen, they cut his they cut his importance down to as minimal as possible. And then pick George Hamilton to play in. Uh, originally, I mean, was, well, originally it was Walken, I read, but he decided he just couldn't. He was too busy on something else. Yeah, he was too busy living, let dying it up, or whatever. Or no, a view to a killing, I guess. Mm. God, I, I'm sorry. Just some of these these choices. Having heard you guys talk about, it, I'm like, it would be a completely different movie with that actor in this role, even though the role wasn't very big. It would just be a different movie. Oh, it was. And that's the thing. This movie is again. I think it's it's Pacino. Pacino is clearly the the best actor in here who has a large role. Um, he does a very good job of. I mean, he's subtle. The look on his face, like it's like he's just finished his heart attack. He's having a discussion with Vincent. Vincent has just had people assassinated. You can tell he's just worn down, right? He sells it in his eyes, and that is Pacino's greatest strength is he sells almost all of his characters through the eyes. Yes. And he does a great job. Like, even at the end, the over... So, okay. Uh, Let's talk about the ending. Uh, Ozymandias. So I'm not going to go into too much detail, but, like, good God, the ending was drug out so fucking long. And it took so fucking long to get like they kept throwing in all the cuts back and forth to the opera. And I'm like, we've done this. And even I was like, haven't you done this before? And I haven't yeah, seen it. It's the but I knew about I was like, this seems trite. It's overblown. It's going on too long. But I still believed Al Pacino going ah at the end. I mean, it was it, Darth Vader did not do it well. No. And. Al Pacino did it correctly. Does that make sense? Like, even though it's a completely cheesy, fucking stereotypical bullshit, pull your heartstrings movie with all the, I mean, it's so trite, but it it's fucking sold. And Sofia Coppola sold it too. Oh, like, yeah. I think that's that whole sequence of the Corleones getting shot on the steps of the opera house as cheesy and lame and dumb as the tropes involved were. The acting sells it, and it works. Like, and everybody sold it. The the woman who played Kay sold it. The brother sold it. Even Vincent I, sold it. Everybody fucking sold it in that thing, and that's why that scene works. Otherwise, that scene is stupid. Yeah. And, and which of them becomes Batman? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Al Pacino's Batman was the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> I, Swear to me. <laughs> Forget I, about it. <laughs> You'll, you'll laugh, but when the, they briefly were developing the Dark Knight Returns movie in like the, uh, I think it was like 90, uh, in 99, Pacino was one of the people that considered for, discussed for playing old man Bruce Wayne. I mean, I mean, I, I could kind of see it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like I said, this movie is so weird because the plot line like said, does it just gets so complicated because we're dealing with everything involving the Catholic Church, the the short reign of John Paul the First. Like, what was it like? Was he even Pope seventeen Paul? days? I think. Yeah, so it's like the whole thing is like it's it's dealing with a specific time frame that if you really just didn't care, you didn't care. And this film really tries to milk. I don't know if, if Coppola just had an in for the Catholic Church at this point, but he really wanted to. He really milked into this plot line. And I think that's the problem. I, I almost wonder, like, you know, if you would cut the, the everything about the Catholic Church out, would they could you have gotten a better movie just like Vincent versus uh, Joey Zaz? Like, that would have been uh, Don Antebalo. Because that's the thing. Like, the best characters, I think, are actually the new ones. Like, the, all the old characters, even Michael, are kind of dry. 
I, I think the movie just, this is clearly a, um, they're paying for it. So I'm just going to do kind of whatever I want with what I've got. I, I think this was clearly a, this, this feels to me like a milk it sequel, you know, yeah, I would that agree. they're clearly trying to just get as much goodwill and, and money out of this franchise. And, and couple is wrapping up a story, even if it's not his story. And, you know, it's just, they, they, this is the, dare I say this, the force awakens problem. It hewed a little too closely to the first one. Yes. It was in all the bad ways. Yep. In all the bad ways. And, and I haven't even seen that movie. And I already knew that this is basically a very similar story. That's how much it cleaved to the first story, you know? And I get it. It's like a rhyme. It's poetry. It rhymes. You know, it's a nice callback. But at the same time, maybe be more original. Like, I want to, I think the movie would have been better if it had actually, if, if Michael Corleone had been a side character, right? If Michael Corleone had been kind of more in the background and it was really the story of Vincent and his rise to be the Dawn, mm-hmm. I think that would have been a better story. But it didn't focus on Vincent. It did a little bit. It did a little bit, but not, not to the extent it should have. If that makes sense. Also, cousin fucking. I don't get it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, you know, sweet and, home and, Sicilian, Alabama. I don't and know. I had, I had heard about that part, and I was assuming it was because of like the the like. I was assuming it was not open. I was assuming it was like a, an error. Uh, you know, like nobody knew it was Sonny's kid. Or no, 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 well, no. Everyone knew. Everyone knew, and they knew. They both were like, yup, that's what we're going to do today. We are going to fuck our cousin. It, we're going to make Noki the whole fucking way. It's referenced with our genitals. He was the bastard. He was, they kept him with all of Sonny's bastards were kept in the family close. Like, uh, that's kind of another thing, you know. You know, they don't really bring up uh, Connie, like, the Connie's relationships should have been bigger in this one, but I think she kind of got thinned down also because she's basically yeah. But Connie has the best scene in the movie. She does. Connie has the best scene in the movie. She yeah. fucking murders that asshole with a fucking cannoli. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will say this: that. Did you find that Connie's character? I mean, she hardened off camera. I don't remember her being like murderous and cold in uh, the second film in the first film she was you know arguably maybe gonna strangle you because she's right in front of you you bastard but like connie sort of changes to me well in the second film she's still dealing with everything that ha- you know her you know, they just point out she's probably been like married and divorced two more times since carlo's been murdered so she's kind of in this reckless phase like she doesn't see her kid that you know they're all staying with Mama at the house in Tahoe, and, but then after, eventually toward the end, right before Fredo gets taken out, she comes back and she's basically she she must have hit rock bottom and decided this is I've got you know, Michael's her only option now. So she kind of as soon as we, she becomes Michael's like number one, the only one left he's got to trust, and she basically it kind of gets the same vibe. I take it she has to she has to take over as well because. You know, they're the only ones left for each other. I could go with that. Yeah. I, I honestly, in fact, her being like, you know, he doesn't care about the old neighborhood and everything like that. She's more like she probably would have been doing a better job running things than Michael would have been. I think you kind of get the vibe. She, you know, it's the same thing. Like, you know, the mob would not have trusted her to run things. Yeah, yeah the mob you, doesn't, you doesn't let her do things. Uh, I was just going to say, you definitely get the feeling from like the opening bits that if it weren't for the fact that she was a woman, she would be just as ruthless and vicious as Michael. Right. That yeah. was the vibe I got. And again, I haven't seen any of the movies. So, but. Well, I mean, no, but I will say this. The film's perspective is in love with certain kinds of masculine badassery. Uh, which I find, you know, a little bit poisonous. Um, my favorite scene in the first film is when, uh, oh God, who's the Johnny, Johnny, the singer comes to uh, the wedding. And it's like, 
Don Corleone is like, okay, I'll hear what you have to say. I'm going to slap you around for crying like a baby. Then I'm going to treat you like a baby. Like this weird, be a man, but like, okay, you cry because we're Italians, but be a man. Like it's such toxic masculinity love in these films. Like it loves the fact that Michael just makes his whole family into accomplices and keeps them in the dark and, like it loves that. There's just love for that in this film, which is awful. Well, I mean, I don't think we should glorify the mafia, so that's what you're saying. Yeah. But the films do. The films just do. They they are in love with this stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like hmm. so. You the think mob... that they're saying? You think that they're saying that that sort of behavior is good and admirable in some way? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the fact that they go to such pains to paint Michael as always wanting to redeem and all of this, like, like, no, absolutely. The fact that they play him as tormented by it when he was absolutely nothing of the sort. He's arranged hundreds, hundreds of murders. The only thing that bothers him is his brother. And I mean, no, they, they absolutely paint this. I mean, don't get me wrong. They paint it as a tragedy. But he is the object of sympathy. You are meant to feel for him, not revile him, not feel bad. These films love Michael Corleone. They have the big boner for him. Oh yeah, because he's he's like he's the he's the uh, you know prodigy you know prodigal son. I mean he's the he's he ran off to go. For- Familius. What? He's the Peter Familius. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's. that's it. And uh, the other thing that was this movie had really bad timing. So this came out in Christmas 1990. In October of 1990, Goodfellas came out. Yeah, Goodfellas shows a completely different side. Like, how can I say this? Uh, Goodfellas is very nouveau mafia, comparatively, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, Goodfellas is a mafia movie godfather is a soap opera that's always been the thing like coppola always said, yes. this is more of a soap opera it's a you know it's a it's a romantic it's a roman tragedy kind of thing it's like this is not supposed to be i mean it's inspired by the mob but it really isn't oh, there, there are very there are very shakespearean yeah. sort of cleaving to the idea of respect and family and you know, you will bow, you will kiss the ring, you will bow to this, you will bow to authority. I demand respect. Even Joey Zaza is like, I demand respect. I have done all this work for you and you treat me like garbage. You are now my enemy. And he says it, you know, he gives a declaration. You are now my enemy. It's, you know, it is a very stylized and showy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then you got Goodfellas. It's like, he just fucking whacks a guy. <laughs> <laughs> And well, Goodfellas is also in love with the mob, but at least they all come to a bad end. Like it, it is not in love with the, like it is. You are not meant to love um, uh, the, the way it all ends up, but you're definitely like meant to love what it was like in the fifties. Like fifties mob is like boomer nostalgia catnip. It's just what they were in love with. It's like this certain. It, the, there's this thing where it feels to me like you're not supposed to like it, but you're supposed to respect it. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, you know, it's supposed to be, this is a tragedy. This is what this all leads to, but it is pretty cool in some ways. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I, I almost flipped that. Like, I think the, tra- I think like the, the bad end is an afterthought. It's, I mean, it, it does tie it up with a narrative bow, but like you are meant to lo- think, okay, I mean, think about like the scene, which I thought was so bad. The Bridget Fonda assassins scene, um, that is terrible, but it's all about making Vincent look like a badass. That's the whole point of that scene. Yeah, it's not a very good scene. Um, but I, I, I think you're right. But, but basically, I, my idea is like it's trying to say, look at what mafia stuff does. It brings you to these tragic ends, but look how fucking cool it was when it happened. Yep. That like the overtone that they're trying to say is mafia bad, but underneath they're sort of winking at you and going mafia bad, right? So cool. Mafia bad. So cool. You know, kind of on the down low and it's, it's sort of jarring. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed the first film for, uh, you know, the, the mad men element. I loved watching the period and, and, you know, painstaking details of certain, you know, Italian culture of the time. 
Um, and I got it. Uh, but I, I, I think at the end, like just so much of it leaves me just without any desire. It, you know, it's like, it's the first bite of a really rich cake is delicious. The second bite is like, wow, that's pretty sweet. The third and fourth bites are like, please make it stop. Yeah, bites. More like slices for my fat ass, Bruce. Okay, but you get the idea that something <laughs> yeah, can be too I, I, rich. Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, there is something to be said about a, a simple meal that ends and you can't go back for seconds. I'm pretty sure The Godfather should not have had a, th a third movie in general and and I haven't even seen the other two. That's the thing. I'm getting a lot of the same vibes you, you guys are, and I haven't even seen the other two. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces here and there. I've seen clips on YouTube. I've seen parodies. I've seen discussions. I've listened to Tom talk about how great The Godfather is. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's all. And Godfather 2. I mean, uh, whatever. <laughs> but I have absorbed some of this just through pop culture osmosis, and even I was like, this is a little overdone. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like I said, nobody talks about Godfather three in positive terms. It's just the it's the third. It's yeah. You know, and we want to talk like trilogies in badly. Godfather three is usually fun. yeah. But but everything I heard wrong. It's not bad for the reasons that they, you know the Wikipedia articles say. It's bad for other Correct. reasons. It, you know, she didn't do a bad. I wouldn't even say it's bad. It's basically just kind of mediocre. Like it's not. It's not awful. It's it's a little it's long. It's boring. But for the for the person who was so who was super invested in you know what? We should go into our final thoughts because I have a lot to say about it. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and knock out. Okay, so first, let's go ahead and uh, cover this. Uh, is this a good movie, a bad movie, or a nerdy movie? All right, we'll start with uh Bruce. Whew. I want to say bad, but I should probably say nerdy. And okay. the reason is I think I don't like it. And I think it's not particular. It's certainly not good. Uh, and I, I would not recommend it. Like I would not recommend anyone who, even if they, even if you like both of them, the other films, I don't say go get this one to complete it. On the other hand, if you're obsessed with the other films, this one has nothing but Easter eggs for you. Go find them all and fill your basket. That's true. All right, uh, John. I'm going to go with nerdy. It was it was steeped in Godfather nostalgia. And that, that's a very nerdy sort of way to go. I mean, the I, I'm i just baffled that Will, well, I guess he watched it because we made him watch it, but um, that you would watch this not having seen the first two because, you know, I don't say that it completes the first two, but I think it's loving homage to the first two, which mm -hmm. I guess is all you can do when the fact that the Godfather book doesn't have any of this and the first two completed the book. But yeah, it was it was it was very loving there. There were all these callbacks to the first two in a very nerdy way. And the like the film shots. If you were a film major, you could get all kinds of stuff out of that. And so it was definitely a nerdy movie. Um, as on the good bad axis, I was didn't hate it, but I'm I'm a sucker for nostalgia. So there you have it. All right, and uh, well. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo a lot of what, what Bruce and John said here. This is definitely a nerdy movie. It's not bad because at the end of the day, what I felt was it, my, my, the most prominent feeling I got was this ran long. You could cut an hour out of it, get a nice tight story, and it would be a much better film. So the sin is that it went long and that some of the, and some of the dialogue was pretty bad. But overall, I mean, I've seen worse movies. Oh, I've yeah. praised worse movies than this. It's just this one commits the probably a, a gross sin of being boring. I didn't care about anyone. I didn't care really what was going on. I mean, I was interested in some of the intricacies just because I was curious to see where they were fucking going. But I, I don't know. It was just like I, I, there were times when I had this running in the background while doing work just and just listening to it because you didn't really need to watch some of it. Um, now some if you but. For the mega fan, for the Godfather mafia obsessed nostalgia person, yeah, there's a ton here that you could just soak in, uh, and that's not me. <laughs> and this movie is not for me. But I don't think it was badly made. I think it's got some nice arty shots. I think some of the acting is excellent. Some of it's okay. Some of it's not great. 
but there's just all these little details like uh the murder guy going through his thing of costuming i thought that was really fun you know i don't know why the donkey thing i don't get it but whatever um Godfather too. Uh, we're not even going to explain that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some so, of these things I think are Easter eggs to actual mob murders. Like the little peculiarities are. of it, I think are from they're mirroring actual hits. Yeah, and I think that that for 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 the true crime person, this could be a gold mine of fun to examine. For me, I I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, there was a Vatican bank dude thrown over a bridge sometime in the seventies, I think. Yeah. I, yeah that, <laughs> It that was, happened. It was literally around the same. I think it was like '78 when that happened. So yeah. So like, there Coppola, you go. Coppola was trying to capture everything that was happening before John Paul II took power, and that's basically. I mean, this is basically Gangs of New York, but mafia. <laughs> yeah. It tries to to get all the elements and work in all the bits, and oh look, there's the elephant. You know, the 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 guy hanging from the bridge. That's the elephant running downtown. That's that's what this is in this film. Yeah. Uh, and uh, honestly, while you guys were talking, I was my plan. To, I originally thought it was going to go with bad, but I think I will go with nerdy as well. It's not what I would call it's a, I mean, it, it's not a bad movie. The movie itself is interesting. It is, uh, as have somebody who's watched both cuts, I can tell you the, the coda, the death of Michael Corleone version is better paced, makes more sense. Uh, the longer cut, which is the one that was released in theaters is duller but once again there's you know the plot lines are there's way more going on so i give credit for Coppola acknowledging hey i should have cut all this when i made it initially but he said he lost control of the movie at one point in editing which you know once again you hire a guy who's made the two let him let him cook this film was notoriously cursed from a lot of behind the scenes issues so this, just like Apocalypse Now, this is the, almost the story of making the movies is more fascinating than the movie itself. But so I'm officially declaring this a nerdy film. So, uh, guys, thanks for doing this. Uh, you have any final thoughts on this? Beware cannolis given to you by Italian women. He's your first cousin. Then I love him first. Winona Ryder could not have sold. No one could sell that. Stop slandering Sophia. Agreed. And like I said, originally it was going to be Julia Roberts. Then it turned. Then it got off. <laughs> Pretty woman could not have done that any better. Yeah. And oh, the, I the, don't know. Uh, well, guess who? Guess who else almost got the part, but they decided she wasn't the right part. Drew Barrymore was the uh, another option. No, God, no. But, but, but the writing. It, uh, then I love him for no one could do it. that line is terrible. Oh my God. All right. Yeah, uh, that line is terrible. <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah, I guess you know, thanks again for listening. If you are fans of this, uh, this, please hit us up and have any comments. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention. Uh, I asked on face on our Facebook group, fans good and bad nerdy movie podcast. If anybody had any comments, uh, Stacy uh, Castile had uh, a comment like saying, "Are we going to make an offer we can't refuse?" I kind of did to make you guys do this. So <laughs> uh, you've made me watch much worse films than this, Tom. And, oh. and perhaps one day you will be asked to do a favor for the Mauer family. Snow piercer to pierce harder. <laughs> oh God! All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And please, 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 if you're trying to make peace with a guy, don't let him. Just keep your uh, teeth and ears in a deep Ooh. enough space. Night, everybody. Night, everybody. It was fun. Night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>